Good morning. We have been looking at Holy Night experiences over the last month, and today on this final Sunday of Advent, we stop to take a look at the story of Mary. So I will be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and I invite you to follow along in your pew Bible if you're interested. Listen now for a word from the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob for forever. And to his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, who is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I was a little girl, I grew up in a church that, like so many, had a popular Christmas Eve family service. It was kind of a DIY situation, a do-it-yourself Christmas pageant. Kids got to pick what character they wanted to be in the nativity story. You would then make your costume at home and show up at church to participate in the nativity. My dad, who was the pastor at our church, would stand on the front steps and would tell the Christmas story from beginning to end. And character by character, he would invite kids forward. He'd say, An angel appeared to Joseph. By chance, are there any angels in the room? And you would see little hands go up, and some toddlers would start standing on their pews. He'd invite all the angels forward, and a host of kids in white bed sheets with 
glitter headbands and wands and coat hanger wings would shuffle out of their pews and run up the front of the aisle to form some hodgepodge hallelujah chorus on the chancel steps. My dad would turn and look at the kids and would say, repeat after me, do not be afraid. And with their childlike Christmas Eve joy, we would cheer, do not be afraid. And then the story would go on to include the next round of characters. By the end of the nativity, we would have 20 Marys, 15 angels, a dozen magi in Burger King crowns. You've seen it. You know it's true. There would be a few shepherds in bathrobes, not many. Those particularly creative and abstract kids would come dressed in all yellow, shining like the star. We might have a few Josephs. And we would have just about every animal you can imagine. At the end of the nativity, my dad would do a roll call for all the animals that wanted to find their place at the stable because we like to be inclusive. We would have dogs and cats crawl down the aisle, sheep and cattle, occasionally a crocodile gesturing to our Floridian home base. We also had a guaranteed jaguar or two every year because as a Jacksonville, Florida church, it turned out that apparently the NFL also wanted to pay homage to the newborn king. <laughs> the lion did lie down with the lamb. There was no denying, though, that in the midst of that DIY nativity, that Mary was one of the most popular characters to play. I think Mary was so popular because she was brave. Mary could have been stoned to death for getting married out of wedlock. She was young and unmarried. She was likely poor and she was, a, and she was relatively unattached. The text tells us nothing about her family of ancestry, which is different than that of Joseph, Zechariah, or Elizabeth, who we all learn a little bit more about, Mary comes to us a stranger. So she was young, pregnant, single, and poor. She had every reason to say no to God and run like Jonah did. But when the angel showed up and asked her to take a risk, she said yes. She said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. So often Mary is portrayed in art as a passive, submissive figure. Gentle, quiet, eyes cast down, obedient alone, draped in blue. However, that's not the image I see in the text. The Mary I see here is asking questions, wandering, and boldly accepting her call amidst possible doubts or concerns. She had to have been so incredibly brave. The type of bravery I could only pray for. 
And I think we, those elementary school kids at that DIY Floridian Christmas pageant, knew that on some level. I think Mary was so popular because she was strong, she was brave, and we loved that. As a matter of fact, Mary was not only brave, but I'll take it even a step further. Mary is the only character in Luke's version of the Christmas story that is not described as being completely overwhelmed with fear when the angels show up. As you all know, leading up to that holy night in Bethlehem, there were several angel sightings. We've been reading about them all month. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. An angel appeared to Zechariah in the temple. A whole fleet of angels appeared to the shepherds while they were keeping their flocks at night. And then an angel appeared to Mary. There is a rhythm to these angel visits. The angels always lead with, do not be afraid. It's the classic angel line. (laughs) The first thing they would have learned in angel school. Smile big, shine bright, and always, always lead with, do not be afraid. It's the first thing we hear Gabriel say to the shepherds to Joseph and to Zechariah, which feels justified because if you stumbled upon some celestial being, your knees would probably shake too. The text tells us that Zechariah and the shepherds were terrified. But then we turn to Mary, and Mary has a different story. For the first time, the angels appear to someone, and that someone is not described as being overwhelmed with fear. Instead, she is perplexed. The angel says, do not be afraid, but nowhere are we told that Mary actually is afraid. Mary is described as being confused. So in a surprising turn of events from every other Holy Night story in the Gospel of Luke, this encounter between human and angel does not lead with the emotion of fear, an emotion we are common and familiar with. Instead, this story seems to lead with the emotion of doubt, another emotion we're familiar with. And I think that's worth paying attention to. The angel said to Mary, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But Mary did not understand. Mary did not understand either that she herself could actually be favored by God, or that God indeed was with her. Which means the angel's message either did not line up with the cultural narrative that Mary knew about herself and her value in God's eyes, or it did not line up with her understanding of who God was and how God moved in this broken world. Mary was not afraid, but she was uncertain. So you're probably wondering, why do I bring it up? 
Why pay attention to this small emotional difference, the presence of doubt, the possible absence of fear? What does that mean for us 2,000 years later? I think it could mean a lot of things. But if I had to guess, I would say this moment with Mary teaches us two primary lessons. First and foremost, I think the fact that Mary is uncertain about her call and still God chooses her, still God favors her, reminds us that faith is not a perfection gain. It's a journey. It's a growing process. And that process will include seasons of great confidence and seasons of questions and doubt, both in God and in self. That's part of the journey. But God chooses us through all of it. The second thing I think this text shows us is that we would be wise to learn from Mary and to listen for God's invitation in our lives. For even if God's invitation is scary or confusing, if it gives us pause, Mary's bravery in saying yes changed the world forever, and we have more of those opportunities than we know. In other words, when we, like Mary, find ourselves wandering about our self-worth or about God's presence in our lives, when we ask ourselves, are we really enough, or is God truly here? The proof of this text is that despite our uncertainty, God still chooses us. Even in the midst of doubts and questions, God draws near. Our call for faith is not a call for perfection. It's a call to be brave like Mary. To try hard. To love deeply to not give up on one another. It's an invitation to say, here I am. I may not have it all figured out, and I may not know the plans you have for me, but I believe in love. So I am saying yes. I remember in college, I went through a period of doubt in God and in my call in life. What I know now is that that's pretty common. That's just part of the journey of faith. But when you're in the midst of those seasons, it can be painful and it can be scary. At one point, everything had been so crystal clear for me, probably naively so. And then I packed my bags and moved across the country for school, away from everyone I knew and loved. I found myself in an unfamiliar church with unfamiliar rhythms in an unfamiliar city, surrounded by people that did not know me, and all of the sudden I felt unknown entirely. All of the sudden what I knew about God felt less secure. Fortunately, I had a campus minister named Kristen who looked out for me. Kristen attended a Lutheran church across the street from my campus. And one Sunday that first fall, she invited me to join her for worship. So I woke up early, and I put on my church dress, and I met her in the narthex. 
Together, we slipped into one of those back pews, and I waited. I waited to feel God's presence. I waited to be moved. I waited to feel confident about something. I was desperate for a holy experience, for angels to appear and say, do not be afraid, for nothing is impossible with God. Have you ever been there? Instead, an ordinary preacher stepped into the pulpit and rambled on for quite some time. You're laughing because I know you've been there. We came to the final hymn and the pastor invited us to stand and sing. Now, if you know me, you know that I have an obnoxious habit of singing beneath my breath just about everywhere I go. In our childhood home videos, I am singing by myself most of the time, usually not well. I was in every choir growing up, and the soundtrack of my parents' minivan was me singing and my brother asking me to stop. So if you know me, you could imagine that the hymns were part of my favorite part of worship. But on that Sunday, at that Lutheran church, In the midst of my doubt, I could not bring myself to sing. I was frustrated and confused. I didn't have the heart or the energy for song. I remember looking at Kristen and saying, I just can't sing today. I don't have it in me. And I'll never forget her response. She looked at me and she said, that's okay. That's why we do this worship thing together. Stand here beside me, hold my hand, and I'll sing for the both of us. And she stood there, and she sang. Here's our hearts, oh, take and seal them. She sang for both of us. And in that moment, it sounded like a chorus of angels. For in doing so, she was reminding me that faith is not about perfection. In doing so, she was reminding me that it was okay to be in a season of uncertainty because God still chooses us anyhow. And now that I think back on that day, I can't help but think of Mary, who didn't have it all figured out, but still said yes. Kristen was an ordinary woman, but at the same time, she was an angel. Gabriel was Mary's angel. I think Kristen was one of mine. The Greek word for angel in scripture is angelos and is literally translated to messenger. Often in scripture, there's a great amount of mystery surrounding these angels, but I think we often find ourselves face-to-face with God's messengers more than we know. Our angels may not be named Gabriel or Kristen, and they may not have pipe cleaner wings and glitter headbands, But I bet if we listen closely and pay attention, we will hear the sound of angel choruses and we will find ourselves 
face to face with messengers who invite us to be brave, just like Gabriel invited Mary. And that invitation will not always be the same for all of us. For Mary, being brave in faith meant bringing about new life. For you and me, bravery in faith may look like letting go of fear to cultivate generosity, or letting go of the need for perfection to cultivate creativity. It may look like being honest with ourselves and finally going to counseling. Bravery in faith may mean practicing forgiveness with the people you love or not being afraid to truly love the people around you, self-included. For Eleanor Roosevelt, bravery meant doing one thing she was afraid of every day. The invitation for new life, the invitation to follow God, the invitation to be brave will look different for all of us. What remains true is that God will always be at work, bending creation towards love, and God will always invite you to be a part of that work. Admittedly, the invitation can be a bit scary. There's a reason the angels always lead with, do not be afraid. But if we trust that God is love, and I trust that God is love, then we can trust that God's invitation will always be wrapped in good news. Friends, Mary's story is not a story of a perfect girl with downcast eyes and perfect faith, which we often make her out to be. It's so much more than that. Mary's story is a story about an ordinary, unmarried teenage girl from a nowhere city who, despite her doubt and uncertainty, chose to say yes to the wild and wonderful ways God moves in our world, even if they are scary or confusing. <coughs> and it changed everything for the better. This is also a story about a God with extraordinary love who continues to favor you and continues to invite you forward. So friends, hear me now. You are not alone. God is with you, and nothing is impossible with God. So listen for the angels, because like Mary, they might be inviting you to be brave. Let us pray. God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.